Welcome back to Nobody Asked You, Kevin. It is Christmas Eve, my friends, so Merry, Merry Christmas to all of you out there listening. Before we get started with the show today, I have a simple question for you. What do you get when Santa accidentally comes down the chimney when there's a fire lit? Give up? Crisp Kringle! Okay, bad jokes aside, we have got some good stuff for you this week, this episode. But first things first, I want to cover what I have been doing and what I've been watching over the last week. So let's do this pretty rapid fire because I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Over at the blog, nobody asked you Kevin podcast.blogspot.com, I've listed my favorite music albums and songs of 2020. Take a look at that. There's a lot of great, great music on there. Uh, of course, the list does skew a lot towards heavy hard rock, heavy metal, and other sorts of metal. But there, there's a few pop selections on there. Uh, so just a few. If you have a favorite song of 2020, please let me know what it is. I would love to listen to it. I should have my favorite movie and TV series list up for the year next week. Uh, before the new year. Season 2 of The Mandalorian finished in spectacular fashion. I absolutely loved all of Season 2. And I'm not going to spoil the last episode like some of those ass clowns on Twitter and, and Facebook and social media. Because there are spoils spoilers out there. It's been out for a while. But if you go looking for it, people will just be dumbasses and try to spoil the show. Uh, but if you haven't watched it yet... Please go do that before you do see spoilers. All of season two was jam-packed, and we had appearances from, and I'm not really spoiling this because it was earlier in the season, Ahsoka Tano, Bo-Katan, Boba Fett, and much more. Much, much more. I'll just leave it at that. But again, season two of The Mandalorian, I would highly Recommend you check it out if you like anything Star Wars. I give that a Nobody Asked You Kevin rating of the shit. I can't say anything bad about it. I love the entire series. Uh, last episode I was uh, watching Dexter. I was re-watching the Dexter series uh, on Netflix. And I finished my Dexter rewatch the other day. Just in time for the series to be yanked from Netflix. Because it's going away off Netflix on December 30th. And once again, after watching the entire series, I was quickly reminded that the series peaked in season four with the Trinity Killer. And that whole plot line with John Lithgow playing the Trinity Killer. Um, after season five, Dexter started to trend downhill pretty fast. And that ending of Dexter, uh, well, I guess I would say it's probably one of the most unsatisfying TV series endings I've seen pretty much ever. If the series would have ended on a high note, I'd give it a, the shit rating at Nobody Asked You, Kevin. But because it did have that event, inevitable downward trend over the last few seasons, and then the way it ended, I would give it a Nobody Asked You, Kevin rating of good, but I can't give it the shit. I can't give it that highest rating because it. But there was so much negative in those last few seasons. I also rewatched the music documentary, The Bee Gees, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, which you can find on HBO Max right now. It is a tremendous rock documentary. The Bee Gees were one of the best bands to ever exist. And I say that explicitly. They were one of the best bands to ever exist. And this documentary shows that. And it shows why. Uh, their songwriting, their vocal harmonies, I mean, damn, just, they're, they're the best. I mean, I can't say much more than that. 
Uh, sadly, Morris and Robin Gibb passed away a while back. Little brother Andy died a while back too. Uh, Barry Gibb is the only BG remaining. Uh, and it, he is interviewed throughout the entire ser- throughout the entire documentary. Um, and they have past interviews with Morris and, and Robin and even Andy's in there as well. Um, but if you haven't seen this documentary on HBO Max, I 100% recommend you watch this. I'm sure I'll talk about it in more in depth on a later show, but it is so, 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 so good. And it just, after rewatching it earlier, I all I kind of wanted to do was go listen to Bee Gees music and just dance because their music just makes you want to move. So, so, so good. And speaking of music, I mean, we're talking about music for a second. Um, on this day in 1945, a legend was born. And that's right. Today is Lemmy Kilmeister's birthday. Yeah, that's Lemmy of the legendary rock band Motorhead. A band who, gosh, had so much influence on what metal would become, specifically thrash metal and speed metal. Uh, Motor had so much of an influence on that, and a lot of that was Lemmy himself. Uh, sadly, Lemmy passed away about five years ago at the age of 70. So we remember you today, Lemmy. You were and are a god. Speaking of metal... <laughs> Here's something else that I, I was just found out the other day. Did you know that David Hasselhoff was doing metal now? Yeah, yeah, I said it. David Hasselhoff. Knight Rider, Baywatch, that Hasselhoff, the Hoff. Well, he released a metal song uh, along with Q-Stack called Through the Nights. Guess what? I, 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 I kind of like this song. I mean, it's not great. It's fun. And that's all I need right now in music. I need fun. And nothing has to be legendary great. Um, it just has got it's just got to be fun. And that's what this song is, I think. Through the Nights is a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if I would classify it as necessarily in the genre of metal. I think it's more harder rock than metal, but I've seen it classified as metal. But Let's let's listen to a clip of Through the Nights by David Hasselhoff and Q-Stack. So if you're like me, you've been listening to Christmas music non-stop since Thanksgiving. But traditional Christmas music kind of gets boring to me. After a couple of weeks of listening to it, I, I get kind of bored of it. Um, so that's why I love, I love to find rock and metal versions of traditional Christmas songs. And especially those non-traditional Christmas songs too. Um, because I don't think there's anything better than a metal Christmas song. So today I wanted to take a few minutes and talk about, listen to clips of my favorite Christmas music, but rock and metal versions. And I kind of did a version of this all the way back in episode four of this podcast. Uh, so today it's my favorite Christmas music too. So let's get started. Father Christmas is a song that was originally done by the English rock band The Kinks in 1977. The song tells the story of a department store Santa 
who is beaten up by a gang of poor kids who want to want him to give them money instead of toys. They want money. They don't want toys. So because toys are impractical and they should be given to little rich boys. The song has been covered by many bands throughout the years, including Green Day, Bad Religion, um, Warrant, Bowling for Soup, Smash Mouth of all bands. Uh, Last year, Christmas 2019, Chris Jericho, wrestler, podcaster, frontman of the rock band Fozzie, they released a version of Father Christmas. And upon this song's release, Chris Jericho actually said, I've always wanted to do a Christmas song as it's guaranteed annual airplay. And if I hear wonderful Christmas time one more time, I'm going to stuff myself down a chimney. And I kind of like Wings' wonderful Christmas time. So I'm not sure about that, Mr. Jericho. But I like this cover of Father Christmas a lot. So let's listen to a clip of it right now. was pretty cool wasn't it next up on the list we have lacuna coil uh, lacuna coil is a metal band from italy they formed in 1994 uh, current members are andy farrow marco cody zelati christina scabia diego cavallati and richard mice this holiday song as i will call it was released in 2016 and it's called naughty christmas But this ain't a song about Christmas or Santa Claus. It's about Krampus. You don't see or hear too many rock Christmas songs, metal Christmas songs about Krampus, but this is one. And when I say Krampus, I mean, yes, the horned half goat, half demon figure from Central European folklore who punishes children for misbehaving. He is the complete antithesis of Santa Claus. Krampus is hairy. He has cloven hooves. He has the horns of a goat. He has a long pointed tongue and fangs. He sometimes carries chains and bells and branches and whips, which are used to swat children. Sometimes Krampus has a sack or a basket strapped to his back, which is used to cart evil children off for drowning, for him to eat, or to transport to hell. Yeah, wicked stuff, huh? So in countries like Austria, Croatia, the Czech Republic, Hungary, Slovakia, Slovenia, Krampus is considered to be a companion of St. Nicholas or Santa Claus. Naughty Christmas, the song, has some great lyrics in it. It's got a great melody. It's got a great flow to the song. It's a very, very different type of Christmas song. So let's give it a listen right now. Christmas time. Every 
Yeah, Christina Scabia's got a, a very, very interesting metal voice. Uh, if you don't know much about Lacuna Coil and you haven't listened to much of their music, go check them out because they've got some spectacular stuff. Next up on the list, Tenacious D, a song called Things I Want. Not sure if you've ever heard this song. Um, Tenacious D is an American comedy rock duo. You, you, I'm sure you've heard of them. Uh, they were formed in L.A., 94. Members are Jack Black and Kyle Gass. Uh, the song itself also has Sum 41 on it. Sum 41 is a Canadian rock band from Ontario, Canada. They formed in 96. Uh, the band is currently made up of Derek Wibley, Dave Baksh, Tom Thacker, Jason McCaslin, and Frank Zumo. Uh, I actually got to see Sum 41 this past, not in 20, because we couldn't see anything in 20 because of COVID. But in 19, the summer of 19, Sum 41 was touring and they sounded spectacular. But in this song, they are playing um, alongside Jack Black and Kyle Gatz of Tenacious D. So The Things I Want is a 2001 Christmas song. And I said, again, sung by Tenacious D and Sum 41. And they did it for the annual charity Christmas album, which was released by Los Angeles radio station K-Rock, K-R-O-Q presented by the morning DJ Kevin and Bean. So Things I Want is essentially about all the cool shit that Jack Black wants for Christmas. And he wants some really cool shit. Uh, my favorites from the song include, which you'll hear, a Motley Crue lunchbox filled with sticky buns, chopping Florida off the map, because who doesn't want to chop Florida off the map, and a cannibal chef to cook me sweet and sour butt. Yeah, this, this, this is a fantastic song. It's completely different than what you've ever heard, uh, the traditional Christmas song. It's a fantastic song, so let's give it a spin. I want a time, time machine and a creepy gun. I want a, time, a statue of Moby on the surface of the sun. I want a time, to party naked on a school bus full of nuns. I want Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. I, I, I love that song. Just all the cool shit that Jack Black wants. Okay, number four on the list today. Pop punk rock band Blink-182. I was introduced to this band in high school when I heard Damn It, their first hit single in 97. And then over the next five to six years after that, they'd explode in popularity with songs like um, uh, What's My Age Again?, all the Small Things, Going Away to College, Adam's Song, The Rock Show, I Miss You, a bunch of songs. But did you know they actually did a Christmas song? And yes, uh, I first heard this song about 10 years ago, but it was actually recorded and released in 97, and then reissued in 2001 as a single. And then it was on a 2003 compilation album named A Santa Claus, It's a Punk Rock Christmas. The song is titled, I Won't Be Home for Christmas, and it truly is a parody of the traditional song, I'll Be Home for Christmas. And the song, if you actually listen to the song lyrics, the song lyrics describe a man snapping on Christmas Eve and attacking a group of Christmas carolers. It's a really a catchy song for the um, uh, kind of subject matter that it details. I think you'll enjoy this, so let's give it a quick listen. And even though the jail didn't have a tree Christmas came a night early Cause a guy named Bubba unwrapped my package It's Christmas time again It's time to be nice to the people you can't stand All year I'm growing 
And last, but certainly not least, on this list, number five, we have The Darkness, their original song called Christmas Time, Don't Let the Bells End. You probably have heard of The Darkness if you're into rock music, especially in the last 20 years. Uh, They had a 2003 hit called I Believe in a Thing Called Love. And if you hearken all the way back to 2003, that song was pretty inescapable that year. It was at the top of the charts. It made all of the charts. I mean, all the rock charts. Uh, it's a. Re- I love this song. It's a really great song. Uh, but the band, The Darkness, they hail from England. They consist of Justin Hawkins on lead vocals and guitar, his brother Dan Hawkins on rhythm guitar and backing vocals, Frankie Poulian on bass guitar and backing vocals, Rufus Tiger Taylor on drums and backing vocals. And if you don't know who Rufus Tiger Taylor is, he is the son of the legendary rock band Queen, their drummer, Roger Taylor. Uh, The band The Darkness released this song as a single in 2003, and then they also re-recorded it in 2013. I love the song a lot. It features all of the stuff that The Darkness is known for, especially Justin Hawkins' falsettos when he sings, and some really, really great guitar work, in my opinion. So let's hear just a bit of it. So there you have it. That was Christmas Music 2, or what I like to call, personally, my favorite Christmas music 2. But now, it's time to bring on Hayden for some Christmas movie talk. We are back again today with another Christmas movie review or a little talk about Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hayden's back with me. Yeah. Say hello. Hello. Yeah, hello. He's just hello. Mm-hmm. Um, but what movie are we going to talk about right now? Home Alone. Home Alone. Staple of my Christmas movie rotation. 
I watch this movie year in, year out, multiple times a year. I could watch this movie any time of the year. And I there's reasons for that, and we'll talk about it. But Home Alone is a 1990 Christmas movie uh, written and produced by the late John Hughes, um, who actually wrote, produced, or directed many famous movies. Um, National Lampoon's Vacation, National Lampoon's European Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, 16 Candles, Weird Science, The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Uncle Buck. He's he's got a lot of movies. Uh, This movie was also directed by Chris Columbus, who we heard and talked about last week when we talked about the Christmas Chronicles. Mm -hmm. Um, He also, again, wrote, produced, or directed movies like Gremlins, Goonies, Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Mm. Christmas with the Cranks, which is another favorite of ours. Um, This movie is an hour and 43 minutes long. Had a budget of $18 million. The movie stars Macaulay Culkin as Kevin. Not me, but Kevin McAllister. Joe Pesci as Harry. Daniel Stern as Marv. John Hurd as Peter McAllister, the dad. Catherine O'Hara as Kate McAllister, the mom. Devin Rattray as Buzz McAllister. Jerry Baman as Uncle Frank. John Candy the late John Candy as Gus Polinsky, and Roberts Blossom as Marley, the neighbor. And there are many, many other people in the movie. I don't think we're going to spend as much time mm-hmm. on some of those ancillary characters, because mm-hmm. these are the main characters, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, what I do want to say first is Home Alone was a very profitable movie. Mm-hmm. This, it was an $18 million budget. Yeah. So, I mean, most movies today... When you think of big budget movies, you're thinking $100 million budgets, $150 million mm-hmm. budgets. I mean, this was a low budget movie. I mean, it was $18 million. Um, it currently holds a... Oh, when I said it was... Uh, this is a very profitable movie. Mm-hmm. It made... How much do you want to guess? Uh, $100 million? A lot more than that. Mm-hmm. $300 million? Uh, More than that. Four hundred million. More than that. Four hundred fifty million. A little more than that. <laughs> Four hundred sixty million. Oh, uh, just a little bit more than that. Four hundred and sixty-four million. Okay. We're gonna say okay. it made through its entire run throughout the years. Home Alone made four hundred and seventy-seven million dollars at the box office on an eighteen million dollar budget. So it's a very very profitable movie throughout the years. Uh, the movie currently holds a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 65% critics rating, an average score of 5.7 out of 10, an audience score of 80% with an average score of 3.97. The movie's IMDb rating is a pretty high 7.6 out of 10. So the plot. The plot is 8-year-old mm-hmm. Kevin McAllister, he kind of acts out as bratty the night, mm-hmm. that night, okay? He, and that night, they are celebrating because they are about to embark on a holiday trip to Paris. Mm-hmm. And his mom makes him sleep in the attic, and Kevin kind of gets a little bratty even more. And he makes a wish that his family, he wishes his family would disappear. The next morning, mm-hmm. the McAllisters mistakenly leave for the airport without Kevin. And then Kevin awakens to the empty house and believes that his family has disappeared. Mm-hmm. So at first he has a bit of fun, but then his excitement is a little bit soured when two con men named mm-hmm. Harry and Marv, who are also known as... The Wet Bandits. The Wet Bandits. Uh, they plan to rob the neighborhood, including mm-hmm. the McAllister home. So he realizes he's home alone. Mm-hmm. He realizes he must protect his house. So we're going to hit spoiler warning right now because we're going to start talking about the movie, our favorite parts of it, uh, what we did like, what we didn't like, mm-hmm. uh, and that will include some spoilers. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? All right, Hayden. Mm-hmm. Let's get down to this right now. There, There's two parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. 
there's the first part with the family at the McAllister home. And then there's mm -hmm. the second part when you have Kevin's plan and the home invasion by Harry and Marv. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which part do you like better? The first or the second part? Oh, more the second part. More the second. I am too. I like the second part the best. But let's talk about the first part for a minute. Mm -hmm. We only want to spend a little bit of time on that. Uh, so you've got the entire family at the McAllister house. They're getting ready for, to read, to leave for their trip. And while Kevin's acting bratty, mm -hmm. the whole family's actually acting bratty. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have all of the kids, and they're all mouthing off to Kevin. And Kevin's mouthing back. And then you have Uncle Frank, who... I'm sorry, but he's a jackass. Uncle Frank is <laughs> is one of those guys who thinks he's better than everyone, and he, he's just he's just a jackass. Um, but uh, what were your favorite parts of the first part? Because I have um, one specific one, but I want to see if you name the same thing. Um, when he, um, Uncle Frank says, look what you did, or whatever he says. <laughs> I don't remember. He says, really look what you did, you little, little jerk. jerk. Yeah. Yeah, when, when Kevin, um, when Buzz actually eats... The last mm -hmm. of the cheese pizza. Did anyone order me a plain cheese? And then he acts like he's going to barf it all up. Mm -hmm. And Kevin rams into him. And like it starts creating chaos all over the mm -hmm. kitchen. And ends up milk is being popping. Yeah. Everything's being spilled all over the place. And then mm -hmm. uh, someone gets pushed into the wall. And mm -hmm. things get knocked over. And ends up, really it ends up with passports and tickets being thrown in the trash. Mm-hmm. And that's Kevin's. Mm -hmm. um, but my favorite part of that first first part of the film mm -hmm. is when, because there's a running gag in this, when Fuller, the cousin, mm -hmm. he he drinks a little too much Pepsi and he wets the bed. Mm -hmm. So and that's and that's a running gag through the whole thing of Fuller can't you don't want you don't want to sleep in the bed with Fuller because he's over there he's down in Pepsi. He's down in it, down in it, down in it. And then and Kevin looks at him because he knows he's going to have to sleep with him in the bed. And Fuller, who's played by Macaulay Culkin's brother, mm -hmm. Karen Culkin. Um, but he just looks at him and just smiles. Mm -hmm. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to wet the bed later and you're going to have to lay in it. Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. <laughs> And that was one of my favorite parts of that part of the film. But I, what I want to get to now is the second. Because this is where I think the movie is made. Mm. And this is, I'm just going to say up front, and I told you this when we were watching the movie, mm -hmm. Kevin McAllister is a serial killer in training. Mm -hmm. He's a psychopath. Uh, when we talk about his plan that he devises in a matter of minutes, mm -hmm. in that short of time, he isn't growing up to be anything other than a psycho serial killer. That, that kid devised some wicked traps mm -hmm. in, in the matter of minutes. This is my house. I have to defend it. Out of all of the traps that he mm -hmm. sets for Harry and Marv, yeah. do you have a favorite? Um, Probably like all the toy cars on the ground. He puts all the micro machines on yeah. the car ground and they, mm -hmm. they run by and they slip on them and yeah. fall on their backs. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, what's another favorite of yours? Mm, maybe when um, Marv goes in the window and um, all the glass ornaments are on there and he steps on them and stuff. That is, yeah, that part right there, that movie. Oh, man, I I cringe every time I watch <laughs> that because, yeah, he's he's... Like, get, coming... He's on the outside of the house and there's an mm -hmm. open window... And Kevin has strategically placed glass mm -hmm. Christmas ornaments on the yeah. ground underneath the window. And, of course, when he's walking through the window, he's already, I mean, he's lost his shoes, lost his socks through mm -hmm. some of the traps outside and in, in the basement and everything. And he ultimately steps in the window without looking mm -hmm. down what's below you, which don't do that, people. Do not do mm -hmm. that. Always look below you if you're going to mm -hmm. step down on the ground because there might be some glass ornaments down mm -hmm. there. And he just smashes down on those. Mm -hmm. And I can just feel that pain. Um, 
I would think my favorite one is still the paint cans. Because mm-hmm. he, Kevin, oh, on the banister of the upstairs stairs, he kind of ties with some rope some paint cans. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, he swings them down and they make contact wow. with Harry and Marv's face. Mm-hmm. If that happened in real life, you'd probably kill the guy. Yeah. A paint can flying full force at someone's face, making contact, boom. You're probably killing someone, but it's a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's slapstick comedy. It's over-the-top comedy. So, I mean, they didn't die. Mm-hmm. In real life, if that happened, they're going to die. Um, other than that, I think um, the other one that I really liked was, and this one kind of hurt me, too, when he was coming through the basement and Kevin mm-hmm. had put tar yeah. on the steps. Mm-hmm. And then he put one single nail mm-hmm. up. I've stepped on nails before when yeah. I was a little kid and when I was mm-hmm. a teenager. I've stepped on nails. That hurts. Mm-hmm. I can just imagine because when he put his foot down mm-hmm. and just touched it, yeah. it would do just a little further and yeah. he pulled back and he fell down the stairs. I've completely stepped on nails and had to get tetanus shots and stuff back in the day. I mean, I'm old, mm-hmm. so... Um, but that hurts hurts that really does hurt you guys give up oh yeah thirsty for more so those were you 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 mentioned your favorite Mm -hmm. traps i mentioned mine uh was there anything about the movie you didn't like i liked it all there was no parts that i didn't like no parts i i honestly i'm gonna say this and it's dumb Mm-hmm. But it's dumb. But I make the comment every time I watch mm-hmm. the movie or I think about it every time I watch a movie. Kevin knows they're coming back. The Wet Bandits are coming back at 9 p.m. sharp. Mm-hmm. But what's he do at like 8.57, 8.56, 8.57? What is he doing there? He's making a microwave mac and cheese. Yes. He, <laughs> I, I mean, at first, every time I watched the movie, I felt bad for Kevin because he... He put this crazy plan together. Mm-hmm. He rushed around and made all these crazy booby traps and all of these sadistic torture things. And then all of a sudden, he he wants to sit down for a nice, hot mm-hmm. plate of mac and cheese. Because who doesn't like mac and cheese? Mm-hmm. And this was the mac and cheese that I think he went to shop for earlier. Because yeah. he mentions getting them on sale earlier. Um, but he makes it. It's 8.57 mm-hmm. on the clock when it dings microwave's done and he notices i gotta get ready Mm -hmm. it's time to protect the house because the wet bandits are coming at 9 Mm p.m so he gets ready he doesn't get to eat his mac and cheese or at least we don't see it on um uh the screen but i always feel bad for him Mm -hmm. because i want i want him to eat his mac and cheese (laughs) that mac and cheese went to waste (laughs) and i really want him to eat that so one way I would change the movie. Mm-hmm. This is probably the only way I'd change a movie. Mm-hmm. I'd let Kevin eat his mac and cheese before the wet bandits came. At least get a bite or two in. Come on. <laughs> At least a bite or two. Alright, so. There weren't any parts that you didn't like. Mm-hmm. Was it, would, you know, would you change anything? Well, it necessarily wouldn't be that I didn't like a part. It would necess- It would more be like... I wanted more things to be in there, so, like, if the Wet Bandits had, like, some friends that were also robbers, they could bring them in or something. So you'd want to expand uh-huh. it out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I could see that. I, yeah. I, I kind of wanted, I would, like, shorten the first 20, 30 minutes, the first part of it where he's with the family and with mm-hmm. him, he's by himself and he's just messing around. I would extend the wet bandits part out for another 10 Mm -hmm. minutes or so and just put a couple of extra traps in there Mm -hmm. and make them really, really hurt. Like in Home Alone 2, those traps are deadly. Mm -hmm. If you think the traps are deadly in this one, there is a sequel. There are multiple sequels, but this is, there's only Home Alone 2 is the only sequel that is with this principal cast. They changed on Home Alone 3, they changed to another um, storyline, another cast, Mm -hmm. but I would extend out the, the home invasion scenes, but maybe 10, 15 minutes if I really ha- if I really could. But ultimately, it doesn't need it. 
I like I said, I watch this movie year in year out. I watch it all the time. We've seen it in the theaters. We've seen it on the big screen, mm-hmm. small theaters, big theaters, home TV. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's one of those movies this time of year that I love to watch, and I know you do too. Um, so it's rating time. Yeah. Nobody asked you, Kevin. Rating. Mm-hmm. Loathe entirely. Mm-hmm. Meh. Yep. Good. Yep. Or the shit. Mm-hmm. Which one are you, Hayden, giving Home Alone? The shit. You're going to give it the shit rating. Yeah. And this is, again, people, this is not a bad shit rating. This is the good shit. This mm-hmm. is good rating. This is the excellent, best, top rating that we can give here at Nobody Asked You Kevin. Um, I would, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's no doubt about it. This is, again, I said a staple for Christmas viewing, mm-hmm. uh, holiday viewing. I This is one of those can't miss, can't. Never, I mean, it's always in the rotation for Christmas and will always be in the rotation for Christmas. So there you have it. I mean, Hayden gave it the shit. I gave it the shit. Um, the only other thing I would add is that there's a good episode. If, you, if you've if you never seen the series on Netflix, the movies that made us, um, there is a good episode on Home Alone, the movie that we're talking about now. Uh, and the episode actually goes into a lot of detail about the production of the movie and how they actually did it. Because they filmed the outside of the... Like, for example, they filmed the outside of the house. Mm-hmm. And it, was a, it was a real house. But the one cool part of it was that they detailed how they filmed the inside of the house. Mm-hmm. And they act, they didn't film inside the house in that specific houses. They replicated that house and its insides... And they actually built sets in one of of the entire house in the swimming pool of a local high school. Mm-hmm. So they actually replicated all of this stuff at a local high school in the swimming pool that wasn't being used. But again, I highly recommend you check out that that episode of uh, on the net, on Netflix that episode of that the movies that made us. It is highly, highly recommended by me. So with that being said, do you have anything else to add, Hayden? No. Okay. So there you have it. Hayden gave it the shit. I gave it the shit. That's Home Alone from 1990, and we think you should watch it. After vacationing across America and throughout Europe, this holiday season, the Griswolds are going to play it safe. Clark, we're stuck under a truck. They're staying at home. I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. Hope you're not getting sap all over your sweater, Clark. All Clark wants is a quiet, old-fashioned Christmas. Sorry. Got a little knot here. You can work on that. What he's going to get is the gift that keeps on living. Merry Christmas. His family. We didn't come to impose. <laughs> oh, hell, there's plenty of room. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. Have you got a kiss for me? Eh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus they ain't identified yet. But no holiday could ever be more deeply touching. We were gonna call, but... Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> ah, we're really gonna fly down the hill with this stuff. So genuinely moving. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. More truly uplifting. Can I show you something? I was just blouse browsing. Or more down to earth. If Santa is smart, he'll stay well clear of this joint. It's a death trap. <laughs> and Christmas with the Griswolds. Everybody come out quick, look at the lights! They want you to say grace. I pledge allegiance to the flag. The United States of America. This year, let Chevy Chase light up your holidays. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That thing had nine lives. She just spent them all. <laughs> you woo, crack up. All right, welcome back. Uh, we have another movie review 
that we're doing right now. What movie did we watch, Hayden? Do you know what? Christmas Vacation. Yeah, Christmas Vacation. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. 1989 Christmas comedy cult classic, I guess I would call it. I would say this is a cult classic. Uh, the movie was written and produced by John Hughes, who we just talked about in the Home Alone episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also directed by a man named Jeremiah Chechik. The movie is an hour and 37 minutes long, and it had a budget of $25 million. So mm-hmm. it was actually a little bit bigger budget than home, something like Home Alone. Uh, while in the theaters, it made $72.9 million. So not as profitable a movie as Home Alone was. I think if I remember correctly, that was like a... Four, well, that was like a 14 or $18 million budget. Mm-hmm. And it made something like four hundred and seventy million dollars, or thirty-seven. It made over four hundred million dollars off a less than twenty million dollar budget. This one had a little over twenty million dollar budget and made about seventy-two million. So, hey, not bad, but still not Home Alone mm-hmm. territory. Home Alone was one of those movies that, I mean, just profitable, made a shit ton of money. The cast includes Chevy Chase as Clark W. Griswold, the quintessential family man, uh, Beverly D'Angelo as Ellen Griswold, Juliette Lewis as Audrey Griswold, Johnny Galecki as Russ Griswold, John Randolph as Clark's father, Diane Ladd as Clark's mother, uh, we'll just go through some of these names, E.G. Marshall as Ellen's father, Doris Roberts as Ellen's mother, Randy Quaid as Cousin Eddie, William Hickey and Mae Questel as Lewis and Bethany, and Nicholas Guest and Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Todd and Margot Chester. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation currently holds a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes uh, at approximately 68% critics rating, with an average score of 6.3 out of 10. It holds an 86% audience score with an average rating of 4.2 out of 5. The movie's IMDb rating is 7.6 out of 10, which mm-hmm. I believe was similar to Home Alone as well. So this is a very highly rated movie, especially by the audience. And like I said, it was, I consider it a cult classic. Um, the plot, again, is one of those that's pretty simple, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, Clark W. Griswold is the quintessential family man, as I said before. Uh, he is preparing to have a great Christmas with his family. Mm-hmm. Some would say the perfect family Christmas is what he wants. Mm -hmm. However, things go quickly awry as his extended family appears. Yeah. And then, to make matters worse, Clark's employer goes back on the holiday bonus, Mm -hmm. which he, I guess, already spent. Mm. So, let's hit spoiler warning right now. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk just a bit about this movie. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? All right, Hayden. Yeah. We've seen this many times. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of like Home Alone. This mm-hmm. movie is we've seen year in, year out. I mean, you've watched it since you've been mm-hmm. a small kid. Um, we've been to the theaters to watch this. We've been to the big theaters to watch it. We've been to the small theaters to watch mm-hmm. this. Um, let's just get into it. I just want to hear your favorite parts of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Do you have any favorite parts? Yeah. What's your favorite parts? Um, when Clark Griswold goes off because his bonus is like oh. uh, the jelly. Okay, so yeah, well, well, we'll get well, let's let's that's at the very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go to the very beginning. So, um, Clark works at some. I think he's like some sort of nuclear chemist or something, or nuclear... Uh, he's not a physicist. I think he's like some sort of nuclear chemist because he's working on some non-nutritive food varnish or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like a food chemistry sort of thing that he's doing. Mark? Mm. Clark. That's Bill, sir. Are you the one who was working on that non-nutritive cereal varnish? Yes, sir. I've got to give a speech to a trade group. I'd like to mention it. Write up a brief summary and have it to me by the end of the day. My pleasure. 
Layman's terms, none of that inside bullshit jargon that nobody understands. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Shirley, uh, we got your Christmas card the other day, and my family and I are very flattered that you remembered us. Corporate cards. Don't forget that report, Bill. Yes, sir. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. They're preparing for their family Christmas. He's going to have a lot of fun. He's going to be with his wife, Ellen, and two kids, Audrey and Russ. Then his parents show up. Then her parents show up. Then Aunt Bethany shows up. Then, well, Uncle Louis shows up. Uh, And then you have Todd and Margot, the next-door neighbors, causing problems. Or, really, Clark causing problems for them. Cousin Eddie arrives. Mm -hmm. And I I think Cousin Eddie's probably my favorite part of the movie. Because he's just so goofy. Mm -hmm. And there's there's one iconic scene in this movie Mm -hmm. that I think we have to mention right now. It's my favorite. It's my most quoted because I say it pretty much all the time. Mm -hmm. Eddie has his RV... And he's kind of emptying the uh, sewage tank, the poop, and pee Mm -hmm. from his RV into the storm drain right outside Clark's house. Mm -hmm. And he's out there in his robe, smoking his cigar with his stupid hat on Mm -hmm. in the middle of the snow. And he's just pumping that into Mm -hmm. the the sewer. And what does he say? He says, the shit is full. Yep, <laughs> he's he looks over and Todd walks out of the house mm-hmm. next door and he looks at him and Eddie looks up and he's like, "Merry Christmas, shitter was full." Yeah. <laughs> and he says it again later on, and uh, it, it's one of my favorite parts. I, I say that I quote this. Shitter was full. I mean, I ultimately I quote this entire movie. I could mm-hmm. probably quote it, and I think I was quoting it as we were watching it too, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, there's that. There's um, he goes outside with his chainsaw. And he's got his Jason mask on, his mm-hmm. hockey mask on, and what does he starts up his chainsaw? Yeah. And what does Todd say? Do you remember what Todd says to him? Um. You don't remember? Were you gonna put that tree or something? Yeah, because because like they had just brought the tree, this gigantic mm-hmm. tree home, which is mm-hmm. way too big for their house, and. He goes out to cut the the stump off yeah. and in the roots. Todd looks over at him and he's like, where are you going to put a tree that big? Mm-hmm. And Clark says, bend over and I'll show you. Mm-hmm. Todd was like, you, that, you have a lot of nerve talking to me like that. Mm-hmm. And then Clark's like, I wasn't talking to you. And he's talking to Margo sitting right next to him. So, hey, Griswold, where do you think you're going to put a tree that big? <laughs> Bend over and I'll show you. You've got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. Ultimately, though, this is this is a quotable movie. Uh, it's one of those movies that, again, I watch year in, year out. Mm-hmm. Um, any other? You said the the end part was your favorite. So, mm-hmm. so one of, one of your favorites. So, what about the end? Do you like? Um, when he finds out that. He gets the bonus. He finds out that it's not a lot of money. And what? It, it, what is it? It's um. Let's see. Do you remember what it is? Um, a one year or something to the Jelly of the Month Club. A one year subscription yeah. to the Jelly of the Month Club, mm-hmm. and, and Eddie's like, "That's the gift that keeps on giving." Year something. round. Year yep. Round. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> And, and he was expecting this huge mm-hmm. bonus, money bonus, mm-hmm. cash money check. Um, because what was he going to do with that money? He was going to build a pool. Yeah, he was going to put an in-ground pool in. And he had already spent. Yeah. He had already put a down payment on the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't have enough money in this checking account to cover that. And he was hoping that he would get a big bonus check so that he could... Mm-hmm. deposit that and it would cover that and he would get a nice big pool out of this um and so yeah so he he finds out that he's got a jelly of the month club subscription instead mm-hmm. of his bonus mm-hmm. and what is he what what is he 
he goes on this little tirade. Yeah. And he's like, "If I want Frank Shirley, my boss, right mm-hmm. here. Yeah. That's my, my that's my Christmas gift. I Early want. Early Christmas gifts. Yes. Uh, hey, if any of you are looking for any last minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I'd like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people, and I want him brought right here." with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? And what does Cousin Eddie do? He gets the idea of actually getting him. He goes to kidnap him. He gets him, and he brings him to the house. Yeah, Eddie goes out. Immediately yeah. hightails it out yeah. after Clark's tirade. Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> he kidnaps uh-huh. Frank Shirley, yeah. Clark's boss. And he brings him back mm-hmm. to the, the Griswold house. And what else happens? And... Cops show up. Well, yeah, yeah, the cops eventually show yeah. up, but they they confront Frank Shirley and and mm-hmm. he eventually says that I mean through talking to him he, he they they realizes that he shouldn't have cut out Christmas bonuses that mm-hmm. year, and he would give him what he got last year plus twenty percent mm-hmm. is what he actually made out with, and in the meantime, mm-hmm. Frank Shirley's wife yeah. calls the cops. Who essentially are, and they call the SWAT team mm-hmm. because they come flying in and people banging through windows mm-hmm. and and down the walls and mm-hmm. through the doors and and they they ultimately see that yeah. Frank Shirley's there and but Frank is kind of like oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not pressing charges because I I've kind of learned my ways here I was wrong mm-hmm. and ultimately it ends. With him getting his bonus and <laughs> everybody having a good old time. Yeah. Uh, but there's one part that we didn't mention that I always like to quote as well. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with the lights. Mm-hmm. And Clark Griswold is a big light guy. He's put, he puts all those lights on his house. Yeah. And he, he's got all these twinkling lights. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he's got it all figured out. And he plugs it in. Not working. And eventually they figure it out that, hey, it's the switch. Yeah. It's just a stupid switch. switch. And so they put the switch on, and he goes, and he lights it all up. Yeah. And what does mm-hmm. his father-in-law say to him? Uh, He's like, they're not twinkling, Clark. Mm-hmm. They're not twinkling. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's one of those quotes, I quote mm-hmm. that as well all the time, in regards to... If something's good, but it's not everything you want it to be, mm-hmm. hey, it's not twinkling, Clark. Mm-hmm. Art. Dad. Thanks for being here. The little lights are not twinkling. I know, Art, and thanks for noticing. With that, are there any parts of this movie you didn't like? I liked it all. There was no parts that I didn't like. I, I, I'm right. I'm right there with yeah. you. This, like I said, this is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Straight, yeah. pure Christmas movies. It's a comedy. It's so quotable. If you go see this in a theater around Christmas, which, I mean, this year, obviously, <laughs> good luck getting into a theater. Uh, not necessarily safe, but um, a lot of theaters are closed, unfortunately. Um, but... Uh, if you ever go to see this in a theater around Christmas, mm-hmm. be prepared for a lot of people dressed up as characters and be prepared for a lot of people just shouting out movie quotes as uh, the movie happens, mm-hmm. as it goes on. Because it's a lot of fun to see this movie in the theater. Um, so there's no parts you didn't like. There were no yeah. parts I didn't like. I'm, I'm guessing if you could change a movie, you probably wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, there's really nothing to change, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you have... A guy who is a family guy, he's wanting to have a good Christmas, and mm-hmm. his family shows up and just screws up a lot of it. But in the end, he realizes, hey, 
let's make do with what we got and yeah. we'll have a good old fashioned mm-hmm. family Christmas. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, rating time. Nobody asked you Kevin rating. Again, loathe entirely. Yeah. Meh. Good or the shit. Mm-hmm. Hayden, you get the first pick here. What is your rating? My rating is the shit. Yep. I, I'm right there with you. Again, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how anybody could rate this anything lower than the shit. I think, yeah. again, this is a Christmas classic. This is the best of the National Lampoon's mm-hmm. Vacation movies. Because this is the what, four, third? This is the third in the series. And I believe there was four total National Lampoon's Vacation, where they go to Baldy World. European Vacation. Look, kids, Big Ben Parliament, mm-hmm. and then Christmas Vacation, and then Vegas Vacation, which mm-hmm. I think is terrible. Um, but this Christmas Vacation gets a Nobody Asked mm-hmm. You Kevin rating from the both of us of the shit. It's a classic Christmas movie. Anything else you want to say about this movie? No. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'll end with Merry Christmas. Shitter was full. Okay, friends, that is the show for today. I just want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to each and every one of you listening out there. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Please stay safe out there. I hope everyone has a great time during the holidays, or at least as great as you can while still in a virus pandemic. Remember that there is light at the end of this tunnel. Vaccines are out. They are being distributed. I personally know several people who have now gotten the vaccine, and I cannot wait until it's my turn to get it as well. But in the meantime, hunker down for a little bit longer, stay in your household, have a little Christmas holiday just with your immediate family, and we'll get there soon. We'll have live music soon, Well, theaters will be open soon, everything will be back to normal within the next few months, I believe, and just got to hunker down just a little bit longer. But until then, I'll be back again sometime soon with some more movies, some more great music, some more great talk. Um, If you want to find the show, find the show on Facebook at the Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast page. Give it a like. On Twitter, you can find me at Forensic Talks Guy, which is my certified, verified Twitter page. Or the show, you can find it at Asked Kevin. You can visit the blog at nobodyaskedyoukevinpodcast.blogspot.com. Um, I already mentioned earlier that I had posted my top music albums and top songs of 2020. And soon will be going up will be the uh, top films, top TV series of 2020. Um, it's not the best. It's not going to be the best of the best. It's my favorite songs, my favorite music albums, my favorite TV series, my favorite movies, the ones I personally liked. Other than that, again, Merry Christmas. If you can leave a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, please do so. I'm always appreciative of any feedback that I can get. And until next time, my friends, Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. Much love to all of you. Peace out. Malakalikimaka is a thing to say On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day That's the island greeting that we send to you From the land where palm trees sway Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night Malakilikimaka is a wise way 
to say Merry Christmas to you. Melikalikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright, the sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. Melikalikimaka is Hawaii's way 